Ma Coco? Aye. For Maui, it's a new beginning. With honor and deep respect, we're moving forward. We're ready to get people back to work. We all have to do our part, and we'll make this happen. Working together. We are ready to work. Ready to serve. All ready. 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 We are ready. For more information, visit makokomoe.com. The Mothership Podcast is sponsored by Hawaii Surrogacy Center. Start your family with Hawaii's leading surrogacy agency. Welcome to the Mothership Podcast. Let me ask you something. Do you get really nervous when it's time for you to speak in front of a crowd? Do you wish that you could get over your fear of public speaking? Well, joining us is Sharon Kepler. She's a fellow mom, and she also serves as Toastmasters International District 49 Program Quality Director. Thank you so much, Sharon, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. Right. Okay. So fear of public speaking is actually common. I, I did some research and it's pretty interesting, you guys. Um, I heard and I saw that, you know, Harrison Ford, you know, uh, Indiana Jones, he was mm-hmm. afraid of speaking in front of people. And even Julia Roberts, she had to overcome stuttering. Samuel L. Jackson, he, he always broke into a cold sweat, he said, whenever he had to like give a speech. And locally, I found out that former Hawaii Governor Linda Lingle also refined her public speaking skills as a Toastmaster. So for all you folks listening to our podcast right now, don't be afraid because Sharon's here to give us some tips. So it's a pretty common common problem, I guess, a lot of the folks struggle with, huh, Sharon? It is. Even people that are used to speaking in front of people get that nervousness, the butterflies in their stomach, the cold sweats. And Toastmasters really is a safe environment to practice, to hone in on your skills and to keep those butterflies at bay. Right. So Toastmasters is basically, um, you know, a group, uh, all of you folks sharing that same mission to improve your speaking skills and and you do it in a safe place and a supportive place and um i'm speaking from experience because back in my early days i'm like i you know i could use some help so i went and share with us like how how is a typical uh, toastmasters meeting um you know what's the rundown what is it like oh sure Well, most meetings are about an hour, so it's not actually too much out of your day. Clubs, some clubs meet weekly, some twice a month, sometimes once a month. But in those meetings, there are seven very strategic roles that members or guests can sign up for. And each role helps us to learn certain skills. The first role is Toastmaster of the Day. The Toastmaster of the Day is the host of the meeting. They keep the meeting on track. They follow the agenda. They introduce speakers. And they make sure that the transitions in between each of the speakers is seamless. 
So with that, we learn how to run an efficient and effective meeting. There's also the awe counter. The awe counter sits around and counts how many ahs, ums, ers, or filler <laughs> words such as like, right, and so, but. There's a lot of filler words that can be put into somebody's speaking. And at the end of the meeting, the awe counter will report out to everybody that's spoken in the meeting how many ahs and ums they had. This role helps us with one, our listening skills. The awe counter has to pay attention and listen for all of those filler words. And it creates awareness in the entire meeting for all of those in attendance to really watch out for those time-consuming words that distract from the message that they're trying to send. There's other roles like the grammarian. This person introduces a word of the day and challenges everybody to use it somehow throughout the meeting. And so that builds our vocabulary. Of course, the main thing are the speakers, the prepared speeches. This is the formal five to seven minutes that somebody comes in that has organized, practiced, and then present it, presents it. Then there's an evaluator that actually critiques the speaker. So for the speaking role, obviously you're practicing the public speaking component. The evaluator gives valuable critical feedback in a safe, fun way uh, to receive that criticism. And so we learn how to give and provide feedback. It's rare, very important to know how to give feedback, but also to receive it without offense. So we practice that in every meeting. The last role that I want, oh, there's two more actually, the, to the table topics master. This is the impromptu speaking part of the meeting where the table topics master will ask somebody in the meeting a random question. The person has one to two minutes to answer that question in a fully succinct mini speech between one to two minutes. This is really good for being able to think on your feet. I don't know how many of you folks have been caught in the hallway, hallway by the big boss and they ask you a question and it's kind of nerve wracking already because they're the big boss. This impromptu practice helps us to really be quick witted, put our words to use and to get the point across in a short amount of time. And then there's the last role, which is the timer. The timer is somebody that keeps track of all the speeches, all the timing components of the meeting so that we know how long we're talking. If you're asked to give a 15 minute presentation, you don't wanna go over, that's rude, it's unprofessional. So we practice those, the timing components so that one, we get muscle memory. The more you do a three minute speech, the more your body tells you, oh, your three minutes is up, you better stop talking. So this is kind of a typical meeting. We just, that's all the roles and we go in order, we give speeches, we give evaluations and we congratulate each other and we learn and grow together. Wow, and of course the goal is to become confident, no longer be nervous, and deliver great impactful speeches. Why is it so important? To, to be a good public speaker? Why do you think it's such an important skill to have? Oh, gosh. Anywhere from your personal and professional life, you're having to communicate out to people, whether it's your family, fighting for what you want for dinner, arguing where you're going to go for vacation, or if it's in work, it's giving that sales pitch or delivering a speech or inspiring speech to your staff. Public speaking is not just standing in front of thousands of people. It can be a small group. It can just be one-on-one. -on -one. And Toastmasters does a lot more for than public speaking. Public speaking is what we're most known for, but it includes basic communication, 
leadership school skills, networking. There's also project planning. I mean, there's a bunch of different skill sets that you learn just being in the program. I find that so interesting, Charin. So for, are, is there, are there multiple chapters on Oahu or, and are there chapters on, on the neighbor islands for our neighbor island listeners? Absolutely. So District 49 is all of Hawaii, but each island we have clubs on Oahu, where most of the clubs are actually, Maui, Kauai, and on Hawaii Island. Oh. There's a club anywhere you want to go in Hawaii, basically, that if you want to join in. And the nice thing is that since COVID, many of our clubs have transitioned to Zoom and you can log in anywhere. And as a Toastmasters member, you're not confined to just Hawaii. You can go to Zoom club meetings across the world. We're in 144 countries. There's 14,000 clubs to choose from and 250,000 members across the globe. And since COVID, many of our members have traveled virtually to, you know, New Zealand, Asia, South Africa, and have joined other clubs in other countries and learned not only their public speaking, leadership and communication skills, but culture. They're, they're mm-hmm. learning about other cultures around the world wow, and intermingling with other people. I'm looking at you right now and you seem like a real toast master like, with the <laughs> emphasis on master. Have you, would you say you've come a long way? Oh, thank you. I would. I've been a Toastmaster for about seven years now. And I have to be honest, I started it as a corporate, I started in a corporate club which was our bosses made us go through this training. They made us make a club and all the managers had to go through this program. And I, my background actually is in theater. I've been on the stage. I'm very comfortable on the stage or having the spotlight on me. And at first I thought to myself, this is going to be a piece of cake. I don't really need this. This is going to be easy. And as soon as I started speaking, I realized all my odds and ums. I realized that I talk too much. I realized that sometimes my thought processes are not coming out the way I mean for them to. So even with my experience, um, you know, on the stage and whatnot in high school and in college, this has tremendously helped me through this the past seven years to even be- get get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. What would you say? You inspired? I, I'm intimidated because I don't want to say <laughs> um or uh right now. <laughs> and I want to know what's your youngest locally? What's the youngest age that people can join? Oh, 18. Or have you seen? Oh, okay. Yep. So 18 is to be in the regular Toastmasters clubs, but Toastmasters International does have youth programs, youth uh, specific and focused curriculum that if there is a youth group that is interested, they can contact District 49 and we would assign somebody to go to the school or to the organization to give them the training. And it would be a short term, maybe a couple of weeks type of a thing. But once they turn 18, they can officially become a member. Sharon, you know, I know you were speaking about the benefits of being a good public speaker based on what your observations are in the meetings and in this organization as a whole. Have you witnessed, you know, professional growth, uh, you know, astounding like success journeys, you know, <laughs> transformations? Absolutely. You mentioned earlier a couple of famous or people that are in the spotlight publicly that have taken Toastmasters. 
And that stuttering, the uh, the nervousness, the getting on stage and just drawing a blank and not being able to open your mouth and no, no sound comes out. I've experienced that, not necessarily personally, but I have seen people in meetings just their first day where we call them up to do a table topics and they're just frozen. And they're given a minute to two minutes and they speak for 15 seconds and they're like, I'm done. And then after a few weeks of attending, you slowly see that that time frame increases. You slowly see their shoulders broaden and their chin come up. And all of a sudden you just see the transformation just in their body language. Uh, so yeah, I've seen it a hundred times. Did I miss anybody notable uh, other than former Hawaii governor, Linda Lingle, that you could disclose who also benefited from Toastmasters? You know, not off really the top <laughs> of my head to tell you the truth. I, I know that there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Okay. You have, I, um, I know that when I first approached you about this opportunity to speak on Mothership, I was wondering if you had a fun exercise for Noli Brooke and I to participate in so that uh, we could help improve our public speaking skills. Oh, I absolutely do. This is something <laughs> that I... And it's basically, we're going to do some table topics. I used to do this with my children before they were old enough. I have three daughters. Two of them are now Toastmasters because they're above oh. the age of 18. But before they could officially join, I used to play games with them with the, with the table topics. And I would just ask them the question and give them a minute to reply back to me. And I would give them immediate feedback back and say, you know, you weren't making eye contact. You were fidgeting with your hair, you know, <laughs> and they are, you know, they're pretty good public speakers now, even at their tender years of in their twenties. So that's what I would like to do for you folks is to okay. give you a table topic. Okay. But maybe we don't have to do it for a whole minute and, a, and two minutes. Maybe I'll give you 30 seconds to a minute since this is your first time. And this is something that the folks listening right now could probably play along uh, silently, silently or afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. You can do it with your friends. It's really just impromptu speaking and you can make the questions funny or deep. The questions can be pretty much anything. While I'm timing you, because I'm going to be timing you, I am the folks that are listening aren't going to be able to see it, but you folks will be able to see it. And on my back screen, I'm going to change the colors of my virtual background to show you that your time frame. So at 30 seconds, I'm going to show you a green. At yellow, I'm going to show you 45. And at red, I'm going to show you, or at one minute, I'll show you the red screen. And then you'll have 15 seconds to wrap it up. I'm also going to play the role of a counter. So as you're giving yours 30 to one minute table no pressure. speech, <laughs> counting your ahs and ums, and I'll immediately after it's all done, I'll give you how, how long you spoke, how many ahs and ums you had, and maybe just a little bit of a generic feedback, just so that you get a taste of a mini section of our meeting that we do. And Sharon, just so that we're all on the same page and for those listening, what is the objective so that we know what to go in and, and what, to, what basis to cover when we're... Okay. Your goal is to give a very clear beginning, middle, and end within a 30 second to one minute time frame. Your goal is to not be less than 30, but uh, yeah, don't be less than 30 and don't go over a minute. Why is my stomach, yeah. stomach sore right now? 
I'm so nervous no. right now. <laughs> I feel like it's also not fair because Steph does every No, no, no. I'm really well, by the way. Give her the hardest one, please, Sharon. I'm nervous. Not the hardest one. I'm nervous too, but but this is this is this is funny because at our gatherings, I like to do this, but but not knowing that it's quote unquote table topics, but I, I like to do like trivia and and kind of jog up the mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It really does. It makes you think on your feet. It really does get the blood pumping, which is a good thing. And you get some really great feedback so that you can take it forward and, and grow and become better. So it's okay. It's okay to start at a certain level. The point is to raise the bar each time and just get a little bit better and better each time. Okay. Okay. So, the, do you, anybody want to jump in a poll? Who wants to go first? Maybe we start alphabetically. So, since Brooke's name is with a B. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. As long Thanks as Steph gets me. the most deepest, hardest. Yeah, she has the hardest one because she's S. Okay. <laughs> okay. My question for you, Brooke, and it's not a question with a question mark, but it starts off with "Tell us about." And your question is, "Tell us." how you're going to spend your summer. Oh, and your time starts as soon as you speak. So please tell us about how you plan to spend your summer. I think that's a great question. My summer will be filled with a lot of sports related travel for our three children. Um, our boys are going to be 17, they're 15 and a half, and then our daughter is going to be 13. So we have a lot of baseball travel coming up in, let's see, Texas, in Atlanta, Georgia, in Florida, and then back in California. And then we also have some soccer travel coming up for regionals in Boise, Idaho. And we have um, another trip, um, a wedding that's gonna be in Scotland, which is really exciting for my cousin. Um, we're gonna be celebrating her in Scotland, first trip to Europe as well. So summer is going to be super exciting, uh, super expensive, and I hope a lot of growth and development for our family and lots of travel and sightseeing and growing, being in different parts of the country and then also overseas. Thank you. <laughs> Yay! Oh, I caught my That was good. <laughs> I can't like job. I caught myself though. <laughs> and oh, I paused. Right now that you have awareness of it. And one of the worst things about being a Toastmaster is watching other people's speeches or listening to other people speak and picking up on every single ah, uh, um, er filler word. It can drive you crazy. But you did an excellent job. You, you, you had pretty much one minute right at this right at the one minute mark I stopped at 102 but that's because you said thank you at the end so I counted that you had three ums two so's and one and which was not necessary so not bad actually that's wow. really good for your first time out of the gate and I really enjoyed your eye contact with the camera and you also had a very nice flow you started with what the general plan was went through a couple of the details and then wrapped it up with your overall goal I would say that was a very good table topic Brooke thank you yay, thank you for your yay. yay. <laughs> I'll pass okay <laughs> come no. on Noli all right Noli you can do okay, it okay okay all right I'll give you a simple one thank you Noli your your okay. question is what is your favorite food that you like to eat that you could eat 
365 days a year? That is a great question, Sharon. And I love it because there are certain foods that I particularly gravitate to when I want to eat it. I would say the most popular one in my brain and in my heart and in my taste buds are fries. The crispy fries that come in a bunch where some are super crispy and there's some that are a little chewy, but they're all hot on the plate. Now you can get these fries at McDonald's, which is one of my favorite flavors of fries. I also enjoy any type of bar food fries where they add cheese, bacon, jalapenos, sour cream, avocado, and any fry that, that is hot, crispy, and come to the table quickly because I'm hungry for fries all the time. I love it. <laughs> nice. Excellent. You guys knew I was going to say fries, right? It was either fries or nachos, <laughs> that's right? That's nachos. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, it oh, seems goodness. like that was a really good question for you, Noli. <laughs> oh, yeah. Was like... Thank you. I love fries. Yeah. She's going to say balut or fries. Right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Noli. Okay. So Noli, I saw you very strategically stop before saying an um and er, that awareness is already <laughs> happening inside of you. Excellent job. I actually did not hear any unnecessary words. I did hear a little bit of run on sentences, but that's okay. Your thought process was still very succinct. Fries. Great topic to talk about. Everybody, it grabs people's interest that, oh, yes, fries. I like fries too. And it kind of made me hungry when you started talking about oh, the all the other items to go with your fries. <laughs> Excellent job. Very, Thank very you, good. Thank you, Sharon. Whew. I know, I'm hungry Get now. This, give her the hardest one. Give her the hardest. Yeah. Hardest, deepest question. Yes. I'll give Stephanie the deepest question. I do want to say Stephanie has an advantage. You know, Brooke went first and she kind of paved the path for you to see how it's all about. Stephanie, there's a lot of pressure on your shoulders right now, girl. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it, Sharon. Believe me, I am feeling it. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> no worries. You're a professional at this. I'm sure you're going to do great. Okay, your question is, what is one key leadership skill you find necessary in the workplace? What is one key leadership skill you find necessary in the workplace? Thank you so much, Taryn, for that wonderful question. One of the most important key leadership skills that I find is very critical to our news industry is being a level-headed leader. And when I say that, I mean, we are faced with breaking news. We're faced with a lot of decisions that we need to make and time is of the essence. When you're faced with those types of situations, you are under pressure. And therefore, a good leader in the news industry is someone who thinks about all of the people in the newsroom, how to assess these situations thoughtfully and carefully and methodically and calmly. And therefore, I think that it's very important to have a level-headed leader in the news industry. Thank you so much for that question, Sharon. Woo! 
Okay. That's how you do it, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. That's how you do it. Drop that mic. That's how you do it. Yes, that was amazing. Very well thought out from beginning to end. They looped together a nice circle in your speech. You finished right at one minute. And I did not hear any Oz, ums, or filler words from you as well. What Ooh. I really liked, Stephanie, about your table topic was your pace. It wasn't too fast. It wasn't too slow. Your tone was very pleasant. And you made really great eye contact with the camera, too. For those of you that are listening and you can't see it, but I'm watching. She did so excellent. Of course, Stephanie would do amazing, <laughs> right? This is a lot of fun. I got to tell you, for those who are listening and Brooke and Noli, it really, really forces you to be in the moment because you know you're being timed. You know you're being watched. And your performance matters, right, Noli and Brooke? super fun like I was nervous and it's like a challenge and you just keep thinking in the present you're really anticipating what you're gonna put right in front of the other word and piece it together but this sounds fun right for for families to do that sounds great for and, parents and kids yeah and can I say too that you know Sharon I want to say that I, I really appreciate your ability to give the feedback because I think it's one thing it's super easy for a lot of us to be like good job and all the positive feedback because it was the girls did great but then to also add in the nice supportive critical like feedback which is part of the reason why people are going to the meetings I'm sure it and learning yes. to take that without feeling like oh man like oh whatever <laughs> you know like that's that's also a huge, when I, I felt that when you're giving me the feedback and giving everyone the feedback. So I appreciate that skill because I don't think that's a really common skill that people have. Absolutely. The evaluation component is just as important as the actual speaking component. You want to be able to provide feedback that's helpful, tactful, and encouraging to inspire them to keep trying and to keep going and wanting to improve. And we also learn on the other end, to swallow our pride, to be okay with not being perfect the first time and to strive to get better. Absolutely. Thank you for that comment, Brooke. You know, after going through this exercise, Taryn, it, I, I thought that it would also really benefit seniors, you know, uh, with mental sharpness, because mm -hmm. it really forces you to formulate your thoughts and, and express yourself you know, the right absolutely the cognitive. I really feel like seniors would really benefit from. Yes. And exercise. we do have a good amount of seniors that are in some of our clubs and they tell the best stories. Oh yeah, they really do. Yeah. So it's a win-win for everybody. They get their socialization, they get their cognitive, you know, brain exercise, and we get blessed to hear their wonderful stories of growing up and their experiences. Maybe yeah. that's a good idea for a Mother's Day present stuff for our three of our moms. Oh, Surprise! Yeah, that's Happy a good Mother's idea. Day. That is a good idea. That's, yes. Yeah, that's we all know our moms love to talk. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But that is so great, Sharon. We had a lot of fun with you. And um, it was really wonderful learning all about Toastmasters. And for those that are listening, it's quick and easy. You could Google Hawaii Toastmasters to find the website and maybe the list of pop the organizations and the location meeting sites will pop up. Yep, absolutely. You can either go to the District 49 Toastmasters website 
or you can go to Toastmasters International. Both websites have a button that says find a club. All you have to do is plug in your zip code and all the clubs will be listed. It'll show you where they meet, how they meet, what time and days they meet so that it can accommodate your schedule. Anything else you wanna add that we may have not asked you? Yes, the pricing, because it's oh. it's not free, but it is the most affordable leadership development program that I am aware of. I actually have my master's in leadership um, management, and I spent thousands and thousands of dollars for that. And I also have done a lot of Stephen Covey, and I've done you know Jim Maxwell, and all those different types of leadership programs that are thousands of dollars. Toastmasters is very affordable. For one year, it's a when you sign up, there's a $20 application fee one time, never have to pay it again. And then it's $45 for six months. So wow. $90 for the entire year. You could have a full year of leadership, public speaking, networking, training for under $150. Back in my day, I think I had a workbook. I don't know if there are still workbooks like that come with good point back in the day we did use handheld manuals paper manuals printed but now everything is online and you can access it from your computer you can access it any time of the day you can print the manuals if you want to if you're not super computer savvy you can print it on your own and it's all self-paced so however fast you want to go is as fast as you can one thing that i did forget to ask you is do you have simple tips that starting tomorrow, someone can do just to, to kind of break out of their shell, just to kind of give them a little bit more confidence. Sure. The first one I would say is pay attention to other people's oz and ums, because that will make you more aware of your own oz and ums. The other thing is if you are somebody that speaks in front of people a lot, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one or in small groups or big groups, record yourself. Find mm -hmm. a way to record yourself, play it back, and then you'll be able to count your own ahs and ums. You'll be able to read your own body language if you're fidgeting or nervous and give yourself your own first feedback. Great points. Yeah. Great points. Yeah. All right, girls. Come on. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> I have a feeling Stephanie will bring table talk topics to our next <laughs> barbecue. So that'll be fun. <laughs> but thank you, Sharon. This is fun and such a great skill to have for life. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun for me too. I love when I see people squirm a little bit and then after it's done, that sense of relief yeah. and then the happiness <laughs> that they did well. Yeah. So start today, guys. Don't be afraid. You can do it just as we showed you here tonight. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sharon, for all of the information and your encouragement. Thank you for having me. All right. Aloha. Aloha. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.